Hello and welcome to episode four of the Educo Gym podcast. I'm Aileen O'Mara and in this episode we focus on metabolic syndrome and how it affects us and we'll hear from two happy members of Educo Gym and we'll hear from our CEO, Jamie Myersco. Educo Gym is more than just a gym. Its philosophy is about shaping not just your body, but your mind, your life and your community. The Educo Gym success is based on the Educo educational system to draw out from within. In this podcast, we'll hear about how Educo Gym has had a positive impact on the lives of two people. First, we'll talk to Paddy Daly. Paddy, I should call you Dr. Paddy Daly, really, but I know you're a retired GP. You're not a GP anymore. Paddy, you're a member of Educo Gym. Why did you join? I joined for a number of reasons. Uh, About 10 years ago, I had been in a couple of other gyms and prior to that, active in other ways, cycling, running and so on. But I had increasingly a problem in my right knee was very, very painful going upstairs. And that was a problem for maybe three to four months out of every 12 months. And I found by going to a gym, the pain diminished. That was one reason for going to a gym. Mm -hmm. And then I had reason to have a health check. And although I wasn't apparently much overweight, I was told I had metabolic syndrome, which wasn't a, a surprise really, as on my mother's side, three or four of her siblings had type 2 diabetes. And therefore, I knew there was probably a strong genetic uh, disposition coming my way. So in non-doctor English, tell me what metabolic syndrome is. Well, metabolic syndrome is an early stage of derangement of the control of sugar. So you're tending to put on a little weight. You're tending to run high insulin levels to control the sugar coming in. Maybe your diet has a lot of free sugar in it. And the insulin is to take that out of your bloodstream, uh, deposits it in different areas, but mainly promotes fat and around your abdomen your waistline begins to expand and allied to that that would be aggravated by lack of exercise particularly muscular exercise and if that persists and uh, you're not uh, addressing it then uh, you will drift towards diabetes and maybe that's something to say about diabetes it's a funny illness in that you drift towards it and equally you can drift back away from it. So I was uh, 64 at the time when I learned this and uh, by chance heard of a Juco gym and it seemed to fit the bill of addressing the muscular side and that from my own reading of the medical science was the area that was most relevant to addressing the metabolic syndrome. So it was going to address particularly the loss of muscle. So I'd been very active in my earlier days in rowing. I'd put on a lot of muscle at that and I'd kept active running and so on. But from 30 or so, men begin to lose muscle, maybe three to four pounds per decade. So at 64, I was probably down the best part of nine or 10 pounds of muscle, which is the most active metabolically. So the weight training system, resistance training, would address that. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it seemed ideal for my circumstances. 
to go to a Duco gym. Mm. I really had no interest in running marathons any further or going on long bicycle uh, two and a half, three hours. I'd had enough of that. So you looked fit enough to do that. (laughs) Well, uh, I was doing it and I enjoyed the cycling particularly, but you can't do it in the winter and slithering around on leaves in the wet days. Fall off so many times, you get a bit fed up with it. Mm So you were a GP and mm. uh, in, in the Dunleary area. And yeah. as you were saying to me before we, we start recording here, you know, a lot of your patients were older people. Well, in Dunleary, all GPs would, would be experts really in the conditions of middle age and older people because that's the highest density of older people living in anywhere in Ireland. Living, and it's always been that way. The general drift in people's health is towards chronic illness and certainly diabetes has been a major event of the last 20-25 years. In our own practice we had accumulated upwards of 250 people with type 2 diabetes and that took a lot of time. But among those were some very young people uh, in their late teens, early 20s, who were getting it maybe 50 to 60 years ahead of what used to be the traditional age you would get type 2 diabetes. So it was a big um, effort. to. to, We had uh, nurses to help out who became very expert. We looked after them ourselves and a lot of them took the full message on board. And it was very instructive with some, particularly you can think of one man in his 40s, And a few things he said, he said when he went to the gym and did weight training, his blood sugars remained normal for the rest of that day. He said if he went for a 20 minute walk after his dinner, his blood sugars came down from say nine down to six. So he got the message very quickly that what he was doing had a direct immediate effect on his blood sugars. And if that persisted over many months, then uh, he was in, in good shape. So diabetes is something that starts very gradually and ideally you try to pick it up as early as possible. There was an old saying in medicine that if you knew everything about diabetes, you knew half of medicine. But equally, at diagnosis, um, nearly 20% of people already had a complication. So it's a hidden, silent background Mm -hmm. condition, maybe for some years and younger people nowadays in particular, that cohort who never do any exercise as children or as teenagers, and they arrive into adulthood very physically underdeveloped and unfit and overweight. Mm -hmm. Some of those are getting diabetes by 20 years of age. Which is scary, isn't it? Really scary. Paddy, why should we be worried about type 2 diabetes? If I got type 2 diabetes, Mm. what? What would happen to me? Well, the implications long term are extremely serious. You may recall I mentioned earlier that old saying, if you knew all about diabetes, you you knew half of medicine. I suppose to summarise it simply, it particularly causes damage to blood vessels. So you think of blood vessels go to every part of you. So you may end up with... um, arterial disease blockages into your heart so you're getting heart attacks you're getting stents as an answer you're getting it up into your brain maybe strokes 
maybe dementia from vascular disease. People talk about Alzheimer's, but uh, the other big part of dementia is due to vascular disease. And particularly in the lower part of your body, kidneys are affected severely, so kidney failure, dialysis, and lower down into your legs, particularly in the feet. A couple of things happen. The smaller blood vessels start to block, leading to the die-off of nerves. So your toes and feet start to get a bit numb and you injure them, you get ulcers. And as these, this progresses, you start to get gangrene. Uh, so it's that whole picture and really the different areas, the common ground is vascular disease. And that's why type 2 diabetes is so crucial as it goes on. So you need to address the fundamental things such as exercise, exercise. and weight because exercise sensitizes you to your own insulin. If you don't do these things, ultimately your body runs out of the ability to produce insulin and you end up on injections. But all the time in the background, if you're running the high blood sugars and other allied problems like high blood pressure and high cholesterol, it's your blood vessels, your arteries, which are under stress and are gradually narrowing and blocking. And depending where the blockage is worse, is where that uh, problem becomes visible. So it really needs to be to be caught early and treated yes, early, and, and, treated early and, and like you say, and exercise thoroughly. Yeah, and yes. diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly the uh, Duco Gym mm. experience has been very good for you. Very positive. It? Very positive. Yeah. The blood sugars now, ten years later, are still rock bottom normal. Weight has not increased. I would say strength wise, compared to the first year I was in a Duco Gym, compared to now. I'm hugely increased in terms of strength. So that has allowed me to be active in retirement, do mm-hmm. whatever I want. Which is really important, yeah. It is, but um, you only have it while you use it, so there's the need to keep it Keep up. using it, yeah. exactly, yeah. Okay, Paddy Daly, Dr. Paddy Daly, thanks for coming and joining us on the podcast today. Not all, you're very welcome, thank you. Well, joining me now is Alison Hackett. Alison, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Aileen. Could you introduce yourself for me, Alison? Well, I'm a writer living in Dunleary in Crossway Park. I've had a background in, in physics and maths and various other things, but mm-hmm. that's me for the moment. Yeah. Alison, tell me how you found out about a Duke Gym. Well, Angela's actually in a business group I'm in called Business Network International, and mm-hmm. we meet in Dunleary once a week. And week after week, we all tell our stories about what kind of business we're involved in. And Angela was talking about Educo Gym. And I'd hear about this mind and body and as being quite a different sort of gym. So I thought I'd try it. So I gave it a a week's start, um, which Angela explained how it would work. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm there. Mm -hmm. What was that first week like? The first week was brilliant because there was no onus yet. I hadn't quite signed up. So I, I really liked the sort of gentle way it was introduced. I was nervous. But the reason I personally had decided to go was I'm getting older. I'm in my late 50s, I will admit it. And I'm very, very aware that the bone density would be reduce, reducing. Mm-hmm. I'm very aware of that. Postmenopausal, I don't mind saying that. And I have a grandchild now. 
And a lot of the grandchild business was involving lifting him and carrying him. And I remember from my own children how challenging that was. But you had the opportunity to kind of get stronger as the child grew. Mm-hmm. I was now suddenly having to mind the child now and again, but wasn't strong. So I, the main thing with the gym was to get stronger, to be able to carry my grandchild, should I need to, um, to get straighter, to improve my posture and then to address this bone density. So that first week, what I really loved was Angela took me through their system. So there are you, you go the minimum of three times a week. It's literally 20 minutes each time. And uh, so one day you're doing legs, another day you're doing chest and back, and another day you're doing arms and shoulders. And that covers the whole body. And then every time you do some abs uh, at the end of your session. So what I loved was it was so achievable because you start off, let's say the very first thing I started was do the legs. And she puts you on the weight, she shows you the exercise. You literally, at the heaviest weight she thinks you can bear, and if you can bear it, you do seven repeats. And after the seven repeats, uh, unless you're finding it too easy, you drop a weight. So you do seven more at a lighter weight. And then on the third one, you go lighter again. So this is so achievable. Seven isn't a lot. And as I understand it, the the first, the most heavy one kind of kickstarts the muscle into action and Mm -hmm. gets the most of the muscle to really work. And then this sparks the growth hormone. And this is where the bone density starts to get stronger. Right. As a scientist, Alison, what aspects of the of the programme have impressed you most? You know, it's not really as a scientist. I, I, anything I'm engaged with, and, and scientists probably a little bit exaggerated, <laughs> I studied maths, but I'm very, very interested and I'm kind of intellectually interested in everything I do, sure. whether I'm talking to you or whether I'm, I'm going to the gym or whether I'm writing. So I appreciated and understood the theory and that made sense. But it was more, and maybe it's this, it's evidence, the evidence-based science that I'm interested in. And I know I'm a sample of one, but I could feel the sort of power of it straight away. And I really liked the attitude. It wasn't trying to push you. It was letting you take a little bit of control as to what you could you could manage yourself. And then it was more in your own interests to try and increase that weight you know, over the weeks. But if you're finding an exercise difficult, they'll find another way to let you do it. You know, they're very unusual machines. It's not an ordinary looking place of a gym. Mm -hmm. And and so all of that are very curious about that. Mm -hmm. And again, interested and did talk a lot about uh, how and why this research had come to this place Mm -hmm. with, I would call it a very different sort of gym. But there's huge personal attention. It's a little bit like having a personal trainer. I'm never left on my own uh, unattended. So every time I go... I have that personal attention, Mm. really like that. And have you seen results yet? Yes, I have. I definitely stronger. Actually, confidence. You know, I felt more able to walk taller, walk straighter, not be nervous about lifting the grandchild. And actually, the real test was I go skiing and it was phenomenal how much more confident I was skiing. I was stronger. I was faster. Everybody noticed it, Not, not just myself. And what advice then, Alison, would you give to women your age and in the position that you're in, in terms of, of going to going to a gym like this? Um, I think it's worth a try. You know, I, that's how I started it. I'll give that. It was a, a free trial for a week. And after that, it was quite easy for me to say, you know, I'm going to try the three months. We, we can't avoid ageing. 
it's happening. You know, the, the hormones are changing, the bone density is going, you don't feel as strong. You Really, my your recovery isn't as strong. I've really noticed that about myself. So I kind of had nothing to lose by trying this other than my own kind of mind stopping me doing it. And um, I really liked that you set your own goal. So, you know, I wanted to have better posture. I wanted to be stronger. And, and they listen to that. And then as you focus in each time you're going, it's it's kind of a treat. I mean, I started going in the mornings because I was sort of unstructured when I started. And it really suited me to give a structure to my week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings. And again, you, you book your time. So it's not just turn up. You book the time you go. And just recently, I've got much busier and I've discovered because I started dropping it, I was so busy and I say, oh, I'll leave the gym. It's not a priority. I've started putting it to the end of the day. So I'm doing it more like at half five in the evening and it's a treat. I, I've done my work. I've done my things for the day. And I think, oh, I'll go to the gym now. And I've found that it's really working for me. I'm sleeping better. I was going to say that. Yeah. Is it affecting your brain or I'm affecting sleeping better? Yeah, yeah I, I would say sleep has been noticeable. And that first week, it was fantastic. I felt after each session, and this, this was just 20 minutes mm-hmm. of 21 repeats of about six, seven different exercises. I felt like I had run a marathon. <laughs> but in that good feeling, that post-exercise, yeah. fabulous. And you get the same feelings from Pilates, from yoga. But this is a very particular one. And what I like is week in, week out, these three parts of me are being addressed. And pretty much all the main muscle groups are being attended to. And that's a great feeling. And you're getting very good attention as well. It's not like you're turning up in a gym where you're left on your own with a card or something. You're actually absolutely, getting... Absolutely. Yeah, say it's like having yeah, a personal trainer. Yeah. yeah, And really listening. And there are weeks when I've had a bad week and I haven't made it. And I feel a little guilty for my own self. I'm the one that's paying. But I find they're very understanding and very encouraging. So it's, you're here now. Come on, we'll get started again. And it's okay if you find you've missed some and you drop back a few weights. But... That's, I really like that personal control, but yet I feel like I'm being guided. And it, to be honest, I feel like it's keeping me away from the physio or the doctor. And uh, that that's well worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's good super. price for that. Yeah. Alison Hackett, resident of Dunleary, writer and client with the Duke Gym in Blackrock. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. So Jamie Myers co-joins me now. Jamie, you're the CEO of Educo Gym. We've just been hearing there from Alison and from Paddy, and we know they're both over 50, and we were talking about metabolic syndrome. What is metabolic syndrome? Yeah, so in very simple terms, it's really the body's inability to deal with sugar. And so there are a number of side effects that happen when a person starts to develop metabolic syndrome. You could ask the question, you know, how how do you know if somebody has metabolic syndrome? Mm. You need to look at a number of key symptoms with the body. The first being obviously their lack of control with sugar levels. So if somebody is developing or pre-diabetic or type 2 diabetes, that's a, a good starting point or a sign. But there are a number of other issues that the person might have. They could have something like hypertension, which is uh, blood pressure problems, high blood pressure. They could also have uh, lipid problems. So there's a high level of triglycerides in their blood or even cholesterol problems. It can be an indicator. If the person is overweight or obese, storing a lot of fat around the midriff, as Paddy was saying, if the person is gaining a lot of weight mm-hmm. around the waist, that's a sure sign that your insulin is causing the body to store fat. And the problem is, is that as you get older, your insulin isn't quite so sensitive. 
So you're effectively your insulin doesn't work as well as you get older and you become more insulin insensitive. So you're more likely to develop type 2 diabetes as you get older. But as Patty was saying, people much, much younger age are also developing yeah. type 2 diabetes. So metabolic syndrome, it seems to be it's a, a list of chronic diseases. So it can lead to heart problems, can lead to serious problems with type 2 diabetes, can also be linked to cancer, PCOS. Uh, all, all these different illnesses are, are linked to metabolic mm. syndrome. Now, you don't need to be overweight to develop metabolic syndrome. As we saw there, Paddy, he certainly wasn't overweight. He's a very fit man. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's really important for people to understand. So because often people say, okay, well, a person's very overweight or they're obese and therefore they're likely to develop metabolic syndrome. And that is true. So 80% of people who are overweight will develop metabolic syndrome. However, 40% of people who aren't overweight will also develop metabolic syndrome. So they may not show the signs of obesity or being overweight, but they may have those other complications that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And that's very, it's so important that people understand it because Paddy was saying all the different illnesses or different problems that happen yeah. when, when you get, would develop vascular disease where, because it really damages your blood vessels. But I mean, things like gangrene are obviously going to develop into something like amputations. So there are people who get amputations, particularly in the foot, uh, as a result of type 2 diabetes. It, it really is a very serious illness, and I don't think people are very aware of the problems with their mm -hmm. metabolic function and mm -hmm. uh, insulin and their control of sugars. It really yeah. can damage a lot of different parts of your body. Really. Oh, like oh, he absolutely. talks about the heart, like you said, you like circulation and, and feet, but also dementia. He talked about vascular dementia as well, yeah, which absolutely. is very... Very yeah. serious illness. So where does a Duco Gym come in? Uh, we have a solution that really tackles all the areas that are going to be relevant for me metabolic syndrome. So we have uh, nutritional programs that are all what's called low glycemic, which means low insulin producing. They're, so they're quite low in sugars. They have natural sugars, but often natural sugars tend to be attached with fiber, which means it's slower to digest and doesn't have the same effect on your insulin levels. And then we do a particular type of training, which really focuses on muscle tissue. So as Paddy was explaining, that as you get older, you start to lose muscle. And it's for men and for women. So after the age of about 25 as a lady or 27 as a man, you start to lose muscle. And as Paddy mentioned, the most important aspect of muscle tissue is that it's the most active. So it burns the most calories. It has the most impact actually on your sugar levels. Mm -hmm. And because you're getting older and you're losing muscle, that then can contribute towards an increase in the signs of metabolic syndrome. So the opposite is true. So if you can regain lost muscle, that makes an enormous difference because of how active that tissue is. And unfortunately, things like aerobic fitness, so whether you're cycling or running, that doesn't have an impact on your muscle. So you might be burning calories or you might have a use for sugars, which help lower your sugar levels. But over time, if you do a lot of cycling or a lot of running, you actually will contribute towards muscle loss. So over time, actually, that's aging the body quicker, if you can understand that. Mm. And therefore, you're more susceptible to those different aspects of metabolic syndrome. And the other thing is, because I, I was aware of this from listening to Alison, how, you know, as you get older, you kind of, in your head, you think, oh, I'm not going to be as strong. I'm not going to be as flexible. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do that. That's a self-defeating you know, attitude. But it, it's kind of internalized, isn't it? It's something that we all hear around us. You say you disagree with that. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's something that people almost accept. It's, it's almost like a program that society gives you that it says that, uh, OK, as you get older, you should expect these different things to happen. You know, that you become weaker, you become your balance goes, your strength goes, coordination, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. That is true if you don't do anything about it. 
but people do have a choice. So, I mean, Paddy obviously is of an age and he's doing weight training, but he's in phenomenal shape. Mm -hmm. He really understands the importance of it. And you can see that as people get older, if they do some sort of weight training. So, you know, forget about a Duco gym or forget about it. But honestly, this is something that we would really encourage people to understand if they're going to exercise and they should exercise the type of exercise you should include some type of weight training and you do need to do it at a certain level of intensity which you can build up to but the intensity is what makes the difference that causes you to regain lost muscle so as you get older there's no reason that you should get weaker you often see there's some prime very good examples of people in their 80s still doing weight training in phenomenal shape and very active very strong and they don't they don't they don't have to be brought to home and they're, they're still very yeah. able and very active in, in their communities. So we are all going to be living longer. So, I mean, the, the more healthier we can be as we get older, the better. So, I mean, this is all about, you know, advice for a healthier lifestyle as well, isn't it? Be more active, eat more carefully. Yeah, so, so you're, you're encouraging people to avoid sugars and uh, eat more naturally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so stick to foods that are, that are naturally low in sugars, stick with the low glycemic nutrition. It's funny that you say that, you know, because we're going to be living longer. But there are, de- there are some studies that are, are showing that the current generation... They, they may not actually live longer. In fact, in their 20s and 30s now. Yeah, it? because of the impact of things like yeah, metabolic obesity. syndrome. Yeah, yeah it, it looks like the actual, the, the, our longevity is going to decrease, which is very important. So life satisfaction always improves if you're healthier, if you're fitter, you feel good about yourself. And even listening to Alison and Paddy, you can hear that, can't you? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, in studies, they found that as people get older, life satisfaction actually decreases. And normally that's because people have certain expectations as to how their life is going to maybe, uh, you know, how it's going to continue after something like retirement. Um, and then it doesn't quite go to plan and therefore their life satisfaction decreases. But uh, what's interesting about studies that uh, have been done with Aduco is that life satisfaction can increase. And that's often down to how a person is viewing their life and then choosing to view their life, but then also the impact of good nutrition and the right type of training, the difference it can make is enormous. Jamie Myers, co from Educo Gym, thanks for joining me today. And that's Jamie, he's the CEO of Educo Gym. And thanks also to Paddy and Alison for joining us on this episode of the Educo Gym podcast. So it's easy to see how Educo Gym has a global award for its approach and achieves the results that it does. You can hear the passion and the energy from the clients who've been on this podcast and earlier podcasts. So if you're hearing about the Educo Gym program for the first time and interested in finding out more, you can phone 1-850-737-737 and speak to an Educo Gym expert. You can subscribe to the monthly newsletter on the website educogym.com and remember, subscribe to the podcast. It's on the website and on iTunes. I'm Aileen Amara and thanks for listening.